friends, welcome to another episode of Deep True Crime. I'm Manny Rodriguez. In today's episode, we're discussing the case against Trevor Summers, Florida man convicted of a heinous crime against his estranged wife. On Saturday, March 11, 2017, Alyssa Summers went missing. Police were hunting for the mother of five who was last seen by a witness being bundled into her own car with her hands tied together in Hillsborough County, Florida. Alyssa Summers, she was seen screaming for help as she was shoved into her dark blue Saturn Outlook outside a Walgreens on Fishhawk Crossing Boulevard. Her husband right away became a possible suspect in the kidnapping of Alyssa. Together, they have five children. Alyssa of Valrico, at first, it was reported that she went to his Riverview home to talk to him about their marriage that Saturday, March 11th, 2017. She did not return to her house. Instead, she was seen with her hands tied behind her back and being pushed into her car at 9 p.m. outside this Walgreens, which is about a 20-minute drive from Trevor's house. The Saturn Outlook, when they saw who the car was registered to, they knew this is registered to Alyssa. It's a dark blue Saturn Outlook, license plate GLHM32, and they find that she was bundled into this vehicle. And Alyssa, after their separation, when she changed her Facebook status, and it showed that she moved to Valrico, and then she started posting on Facebook about a lot of stuff that was happening in her life. In one post on February 20th, 25th of 2017, she shared this post from an author, Lisa Turkers. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. And it says, the enemy wants us to get so discouraged that we flirt with feelings of defeat. He wants our hearts broken, our spirits weakened, and our minds filled with fear. But we know how this story ends, so we will not back down or shy away. We are Jesus girls. Alyssa commented when she shared this post exactly what I needed. The hunt was on for her at this time. Then the hunt for Trevor Summers, who shares five kids with her, was believed to have kidnapped his wife on that Saturday. And then we find out that she had tried to get protection from police and courts in the months before she disappeared. It was believed that Trevor Summers was the man that was seen bundling a tied up screaming Alyssa Summers into a car in Hillsborough County, Florida at the Walgreens. Then we find out that she told the police and courts that he had threatened her with a knife prior to her disappearance, but they did nothing. Police have believed that Alyssa had visited his home from her home in Valrico to discuss their marriage and then she disappeared. So he was on their radar big time. And so authorities, they conducted a wide ranging search for both of them and then distributed details to other law enforcement agencies and they still had nothing to go on. They did not know where they were. And their five children between the ages of three and 14 at that time, this is like five years ago. So obviously five years later, they're much older. And so the children, they were staying with Trevor Summers' father while the couple was missing. The children at that time, ages three to 14, they were being taken care of by Trevor Summers' father and the children they had suffered a deteriorating relationship over the past six months 
including claims of violence. On October 31st of 2016, she had asked a judge for a domestic violence injunction, but her request was dismissed. In November, as I mentioned earlier, her Facebook status said that she'd moved to Valrico, which is about 20 minutes from her husband in Riverview. Then in December of 2016, she filed for a divorce. And then on February 21st of 2017, she filed for another protection order, claiming that after she had gone to his home to discuss a divorce settlement, Trevor had threatened her with a knife. She had claimed that he had held her against her will and threatened to tie her up with duct tape and rope. The following day, he then files for a protective order against her, saying she had made up the claims and had angrily pushed their 12-year-old son into a corner. And police, they didn't make any arrests by what they were both saying at that time because they did not have enough evidence. They only had one statement from the husband, one statement from the wife. And so Alyssa Summers, she was reportedly heading to Trevor's home to discuss their divorce when she disappeared. And so then during the time that she was missing, her divorce attorney at the time that she was missing, he said, obviously, we're very concerned for our client. She expressed lots of fear of her husband. Now, his divorce attorney also speaks up and issues a statement. And she said she was shocked to hear the claims about her client saying he was a Christian man with no violent criminal record. I know he always wanted to work out his marriage. Now, some of the problems that they started to have could have come from Trevor Summers' conviction for wire fraud and conspiracy on September 16th of 2016. Summers, right before this incident, was set to be sentenced after he pleaded guilty to trying to defraud investors out of at least $345,000 with a scheme to print advertisements on straws. One of his victims, high school friend Chrissy Flynn, she invested $10,000 in a scheme and says he was brilliant but weird. He bought cell phones for his staff on this project, but the phones ran out when bills went unpaid. Chrissy Flynn, she says, I don't trust this guy for a second. He's a brilliant person and he knows how to scam money out of people. A federal lawsuit against him in 2008 said he had more than 20 civil suits filed against him and that he'd filed for bankruptcy three times between 2004 and 2008. It also claimed he had served probation for minor charges such as passing bad checks. And in 2011, he lost a $4 million judgment, although it's not known whether the plaintiffs collected. Alyssa's Facebook page shows her to be a very religious woman. She writes a lot of passages from the Bible. You can see her intro, I will not die, I will live and proclaim what the Lord has done. She has an album of daily devotionals that she puts stuff in there all the time. These are literally all of her devotional. And she has been doing that for years. Two days after she went missing, March 13, 2017, deputies swooped on their car and rescue Alyssa Summers. And cops now say Trevor Summers had kidnapped his estranged wife, Alyssa, that Saturday after manipulating his own 
14-year-old daughter into leaving a window of her house open. He then held her hostage for more than two days, they say, until a witness spotted them that Monday in Alyssa's car in Ruskin, which is 25 miles from where she was last seen. Then Hillsborough County Sheriff David Gee, he said Alyssa was freed while Trevor was hospitalized with a self-inflicted knife wound to the throat. The sheriff, he shares that, sheriff said that police were alerted to this dangerous, difficult, unfortunate situation that Alyssa was faced with Saturday at 9.05 p.m. when she was seen bolting from her car outside of Walgreens on Fishhawk Crossing Boulevard only to be bundled back in by a man. But police say her ordeal actually began more than 15 hours earlier as part of a twisted plot by Trevor Summers. And Sheriff shares that prior to her kidnapping, Trevor had secretly been communicating with their 14-year-old daughter. Now, today she would be 19, but back then she was 14. He asked his 14-year-old daughter to leave a window open in Alyssa's Valrico home so that he could enter early on Saturday morning. And Trevor, he tells his daughter, he just wanted to head over and speak to Alyssa and entered early in the morning before telling the girls to wait in his car outside. And then at 5.30 a.m. that Saturday morning, he told the 14-year-old girl, 14, to drive her siblings to his Riverview home, which is, again, 20 minutes away, saying he was going to speak to their mom over the course of the next day. And police, they were not notified about any of this until 15 and a half hours later at 9.05 p.m. when the Walgreens witness saw Alyssa with her hands tied trying to escape her dark blue Saturn outlook. Police didn't know at that time why they stopped at that Walgreens. And so they were searching and they wouldn't know anything until that Monday when a citizen spotted the vehicle in Ruskin, Florida. The car would then drive a mile away and parked outside a house. Thanks to this witness gave some great details and it helped police isolate, locate, and surround the vehicle. Thanks to Daily Mail for giving this quick, easy map to help sum things up for a quick second. But as you can see, at number one Friday evening in Valrico, Trevor Summers asked his daughter to leave a window in mom Alyssa's home open so he can enter it. And then at number two, Saturday, 5.30 a.m., Riverside, after entering Alyssa's home, he tells his daughter to drive her siblings to his house here in this area. And then Saturday, 9.30 p.m. in Lithia, Alyssa is seen trying to flee her car outside of Walgreens, but then is dragged back in, and that's when police are called. And then, on Monday morning in Ruskin, acting on this witness tip, police surround Alyssa's car, freeing her and taking Trevor into custody. Uniformed and plainclothes deputies converged on this address that the witness helped lead them to, and then Sheriff Gee, he said Trevor stayed in the front seat while Alyssa exited from the rear. Trevor, he resisted arrest, and then he was hospitalized with what appeared to be a self-inflicted knife wound to the throat. It did not appear life-threatening, according to Sheriff Gee. Alyssa, she did have a cut wound on her wrist, but it's not known who inflicted it. 
or whether the kidnapper inflicted violence on her during her ordeal. And at the time, police didn't know what his long-term plan was here or why they were in Ruskin, but said those questions will be raised with Alyssa. And so then, Trevor was charged with kidnapping, theft of his wife's vehicle, and a violation of a domestic injunction she had already taken out on him. The sheriffs asked whether the sheriff's deputy just didn't believe what she was claiming. And the sheriff said that the situation was complicated because Trevor gave conflicting statements in which he denied her claim and said she shoved one of their children to the floor. So then we find out that he had been planning her murder. And this is according to a creepy note he wrote to their five kids. See, first he told the kids that he was taking her on a trip to the island. But as we know, those next two days after telling the kids that were anything but a vacation for Mrs. Summers, who was tied up and gagged as her husband tried to hire a charter boat from Florida to an unknown destination. Then it was revealed that cops found a disturbing note left behind in the car that was written by Mr. Summers and addressed to their five children. In the note, Mr. Summers spoke as if he and his wife were already dead and lamented the breakdown of their marriage. And he wrote, So we have ended it for your sake. We wish you the best in everything you do and will be watching you from heaven. And then he appears in court, as you can see here. He wore a vest to the hearing, which is normally reserved for inmates on suicide watch. He did try to cut his neck to kill himself. And Alyssa, she speaks to reporters for the first time since this whole ordeal happened. And she is saying she feels lucky to have survived. She tells Fox 13, I'm doing amazing. I can't believe that I'm alive. I'm just so thankful for everyone who was following and sharing the story she added. I could actually feel everyone's prayers during it all, and that's what got me through it. And Alyssa Summers, she was sharing that about a February night where her estranged husband waved a machete at her, held her captive for hours, and threatened to bind her with rope and tape, as I mentioned some of that earlier. But she also shared that she called 911 as she fled to a nearby gas station. She said she was in shock as Hillsborough County Sheriff's deputy warned they could throw her in jail if she was filing a false report. They knew that she had asked for domestic violence protection from Trevor Summers on Halloween, October 31st, 2016. And they knew she had an evidence problem. They knew about the pending divorce and asked if her claims were an attempt to gain sole custody of the couple's five children. But after Trevor Summers' arrest, he said that his wife was telling the truth about that night. She says, they messed up protecting me and my children. The day I started saying this is domestic abuse, I got out. I called 911 every time there was an issue. And I've hit a roadblock every single time. And now, after 54 hours in captivity, I'm guessing that authorities believe everything now. Because this guy was a bad guy. And here's the thing. Authorities probably see things like this a lot. Bitter divorce, bitter custody battle people pitting each other against one another. That stuff happens. But my gosh, you hate to hear 
when law enforcement takes something lightly. But at the same time, what could they do? It was his word against hers. You need more witnesses. You know, and at that time, she was doing everything she could to get through this ugly mess with her estranged husband. And her first call for help was to the Department of Children and Families on October 30th, 2016. And she mentioned it the next day when she filed a domestic violence petition against Trevor Summers, describing his conduct that month. On October 11, 2016, he had refused to go to work because he suspected she was planning to leave. He prevented multiple attempts to escape. She even tried to get the attention of the man cutting their grass, but he kept restraining her. On October 24th, he came home early while she was calling a domestic violence shelter for help. And she said he kept her from leaving, taking her keys and cell phone. When she ran outside, he pulled her back in. After a while, she convinced him to let her cool off. And she left the home with the clothes on her back and four of her five children. On October 28th, he followed her car into the driveway of the friend's home where she was staying with her children. Two days later, she awoke to flowers in the friend's mailbox. And then November 10th, a judge dismissed her permanent injunction request, citing a lack of evidence. And Alyssa, she files for divorce a month later. And she told the Times that she and her children spent multiple nights in a domestic violence shelter. With help from friends and family, she found a house and a job. And a pastor from Riverstone Community Church in Gibsonton, the pastor said that she and her husband have both sought counseling from the pastor Matthew Grissy, and that Alyssa also attended classes for survivors of, of domestic violence and for women going through a divorce. And Pastor Grissy says, Trevor was more reserved, quiet, introverted, and Alyssa was the extroverted one who thrived on relationships with other people. And her second domestic violence petition came February 21st, when she was describing the February 18 machete incident, she said that she went to Trevor Summers' home in Riverview to collect a $25,000 check and work on their marital settlement agreement. When she gathered her belongings to leave that evening, he pulls out a machete and told her to sit on the bed and keep talking. And it was an incident that he would deny for a month. And he claimed it was a false report until he was finally captured after holding her hostage for 54 hours when he was interviewed by detectives that he actually admitted, yes, the machete incident was true. Alyssa and Trevor, they have been married since 2001. She was 15 and a dancer on the color guard team when she first met the popular and outgoing boy two years ahead of her at Garnet. Valley High School in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. They began dating when she was 19 and got married when she was 22 years old. She told the Times he is the only real boyfriend that she ever had. When they met, she said he was spontaneous, very charming, and so romantic. There was always something happening and life was always an adventure. Her parents, on the other hand, were not as impressed. They thought he was a smooth talker who tended to exaggerate. And Alyssa's mother, Donna Warriga, she called her son-in-law Teflon Trevor. He's gotten away with a whole lot for a really, really 
long time. That's a quote from Alyssa's mother. Shortly after getting married, Alyssa got pregnant and left college just short of a business degree. The family moved between Pennsylvania, Texas, California, Nevada, and Florida, and babies kept coming. And shortly after this 54 hour kidnapping, Alyssa, she didn't even get to see her kids yet. She was struggling to reclaim her kids. And at the time, court records didn't share why she couldn't have them. Many questions had remained unanswered. So shortly after this kidnapping, she's trying to get her kids back. Or as I mentioned earlier, the kids, the five kids were staying with Trevor Summer's father. And so there was a five hour closed court hearing and Alyssa and her attorney, they were arguing that she should have custody of her children. Her motion was denied and the children stayed in the care of Trevor Summer's father, where they were placed by the state in a sheltering action after the parents disappeared. Here is the video that she was talking about. I'm not gonna share the whole 20 minute video, but you can go to her Facebook page under Alyssa Matthewson. She is remarried, so you can find her under Alyssa Matthewson on Facebook, where she shares a lot of her daily devotionals. But this video, shares on how easily a parent can lose their children. In even such a terrible incident like this, they were blaming her. Hi, I wanted to share with you guys, I'm at home and I really wanted to share this in front of the painting that Arden and the kids made for me in January of 2017. Uh, I was at work and they put together this painting for me with their handprints and they dated it January 5th of 2017. So they put this together and it meant so much to me and it, it was one of those things that will always hang in my house because especially when the kids were taken from me showing the state workers, hey, they just made this for me. My kids love me. My kids want to be with me. Um, but having that during that time, just knowing that my kids do love me and I am a good mom because everything that happened pretty much makes you feel like a pretty terrible parent. And I'm ready to talk about some of the things that happened two years ago that caused the children to be removed. It can happen to any parent. And the main thing to understand is what failure to protect is, how that can impact any parent. Failure to protect is the number one reason why children are removed from their parents. And I have been for two years now in multiple support groups of full of parents who had their children removed for failure to protect. So if anything bad happens in a family, they can slap the parents with failure to protect. Something happened, your child accidentally got outside and they fell in the pool. Boop, parents, failure to protect. You didn't protect your child from falling into the pool. If you have something, something happen in your family that you did not do your job as a parent to protect your kids, 
you can be charged with failure to protect. And even if you did everything in your power as a parent to protect your kids, you can still be charged with failure to protect. So some of the things that I've, and I don't want to share other people's stories, but some of the ones I sh did share a few, about a week ago about a woman, she was at work and her husband was watching the children and one of the children who already had a medical situation had a seizure. The dad called 911 and the mom was charged with failure to protect because she left the children home with her husband. So this happens a lot. Um, I know several women who have been charged, I know more than several women who have been charged with failure to protect. And it can happen because you left your kids home with a babysitter and something happened while your kids were home with the babysitter. Well, you picked the babysitter, you failed to protect your kids. We are now going to take your children and slap you with failure to protect. It's absolutely ridiculous. There are things that are going to happen we cannot always blame the parents that things happened. So I'll talk specifically about myself and how failure to protect was used and then changed in my situation. So the first thing that happened was while I was missing and presumed dead during the kidnapping is the state stepped in and took custody of my children. Well, I'm alive, give me my kids they slapped me with failure to protect. We showed, I went to the domestic violence shelter. I got out. I got myself a job, got myself my, you know, got a house. I wasn't at risk of going back to him. I filed for a divorce. I filed for two protective orders. I called the police multiple times. I did everything to protect myself and protect my children aside from taking my kids, kidnapping them, and running. Well, had I done that, I would have broken the law during the divorce, and if I take my kids past county lines without Trevor's permission, then I have therefore kidnapped his children. So I did everything aside from breaking the law to protect my kids. So the failure to protect didn't stand up in my case. Instead, they did slap me First, they slapped me with a gag order so I could not talk about what they were doing because if that had gotten out to the media, there just would have been this public outroar about how this woman who survived, when no one believed her, the courts didn't believe her. You can listen to the whole video on her page, but she shared how difficult it was to get her kids back. Crazy because this is no fault of her own. But to hear her speak on that, you know, you know, they, they have to protect the kids. But my gosh, how much is too much protection that you're actually hurting the kids when you're taking them away from their biological parent who did nothing wrong. Then Trevor Summers, before his trial would begin, continues to stir the pot and create more problems, almost like a delayed tactic to put this case off as long as possible. The guy fires four attorneys, then he tries to fire his fifth attorney. And he's saying that he wasn't seeing eye to eye with his latest attorney and wants him kicked off the case. Summers complain it's difficult getting through to him. And his fifth attorney, he didn't want to stick around either. Anthony Marchese, he told the court during a virtual hearing that the lack of trust and personality conflicts are getting in the way of mounting a strong 
defense. Marchese warned, I see this train wreck going down the road. But after Summers had already fired four other attorneys, the Tampa judge, Mark Kaiser, said, enough is enough. And he said, personality disputes are not a basis for withdrawal. So he denied the request of the attorney. But Summers, he wasn't done fighting. His new target now was Judge Kaiser himself. He wanted the judge to remove himself from the case, claiming he was biased against him and therefore will not allow a fair hearing or trial. Here he is sitting in jail as at the time being accused of kidnapping and sexually assaulting his estranged wife, Alyssa, and plotting a murder-suicide. But that plan was, thank the Lord, stopped after a tipster called police and then Summers was arrested. Alyssa, who was now remarried going into this, she had planned to testify about the abuse she suffered when she was with Summers. And Judge Kaiser, he did agree to step aside and recuse himself from the case, and then a new judge will take over. The daughter, who was 14 years old at the time, finally comes face to face with her father for the first time, in five years in this Tampa courtroom. And she says, as soon as I walked into the courtroom, he recognized me. He looked at me right in the eye and it was terrifying. She says, this was a man I trusted. This is a man who I thought could do no wrong. And just to know that he used me to do what he wanted to do, that hurts more than anything. Arden Summers, the daughter, she is hurt by this whole Thing. Now that there was a new judge in the case, he was once again asking for a new lawyer claiming attorney Anthony Marchese and he didn't see eye to eye when it comes to a defense strategy. Marchese addressed the court about it and he said he wants to get rid of me and if it takes representing himself in order to get rid of me, that is what he's willing to do. And guess what? Trevor Summers represented himself and the judge has allowed that but reminded him that it is a risky move to represent yourself you know and Alyssa Matthewson again remarried that's her new last name she had been waiting all along to testify against Trevor Summer for all these years and she believes that her ex-husband was playing games with the legal system and feels re-victimized by him being allowed to defend himself. And she says, as a victim, it's a little scary. It's a little intimidating. You have a lifetime protective order against him, and he's going to be right in front of me, questioning me about the crimes he committed against me. And during the trial, as Trevor is representing himself, he cross-examines his ex-wife and he files a series of questions at his former spouse Alyssa Mathewson and she shared on the stand that he ambushed her in her sleep and raped her after breaking in N-R-A-P-E-D her after breaking into her home on March 11, 2017. Among other charges, he was facing two counts of attempted first-degree murder for mothering his wife with a pillow until she was knocked out and strangling her with a rope. She was physically abused over the course of two days when he kidnapped her. Three of their children were asleep in the house at the time and their eldest daughter, who was 14 at the time, she testified that her father tricked her 
into leaving a window open, which is where Summers entered the home. And the judge, as I mentioned, he warned that this is not a wise decision, but ultimately conceded to the request. And he made sure that Summers understood you cannot approach her while she was on the stand. And while he's representing himself, he asks her if he forced her to have SCX with him. Matthewson, Alyssa says, you broke into my home in the middle of the night when I was sleeping. He says, I take that as yes. You threatened me to have sex with you. Yes. Holding back her emotions, Alyssa added, prior to having sex, you did push me. You did hold me down. You did tie me up. You did attack me and you did break into my home when I was sleeping. You are a P-E-D me. The defendant then asked, so you're calling it rape. She responded, it is. That is the definition of rape to come into someone's home and attack them and tie them up and then have sex with them. That is the definition of rape rape. And as I mentioned, after entering the house, Trevor sent the children to his own property and proceeded to tie Summers up by her wrists and ankles using scarves before putting a sock in her mouth and wrapping her entire body in nylon rope. And the court heard that he then used Christmas lights to tie her to the bed frame. The ex-husband then tried to kill her by smothering her with a pillow until she lost consciousness. And so during the cross-examination, Trevor asked Alyssa if they ever used scarves during their sexual activity, since this was how she alleges he tied her up during the rape and attack he faces trial for. She responded, I don't recall a single instance. I don't recall any. Now Alyssa says that he took her to a field in, in Manatee County, Florida to hide from law enforcement but the alleged kidnapper ran out of food and water. He was also going to take her on a chartered boat, but he brought her to a safe house instead. After an argument inside the car, Trevor then started strangling his ex-wife with a rope, but Matthewson was able to get him off despite having her hands tied. And according to the prosecutor, it was at that moment that the kidnapped ex-wife spotted a cop car. When he saw the unmarked police car, Trevor, takes the same razor blade that he used to slice her wrists and started slitting his own throat saying, this is what love is. I'm laying my life down for you. You don't deserve this. And you can see right here by this picture of him when he was taken into custody, you can see his neck after trying to slit his neck. And Alyssa shared this bloody ordeal and said she begged Trevor to stop. He said he would cut the ropes off her, but she was able to get her hand out of the loop as law enforcement encircled the car. And she testified at that. And at this point, law enforcement surrounded the vehicle. My door opened. I was grabbed and taken out. After Trevor was sworn in to be his own attorney, the new judge, Christopher Sabella, asked the defendant, Trevor, if he consulted with Marchisi, the last attorney that he had, about the decision on whether or not to testify. And Summers acknowledged that he had, meaning does he himself want to testify on the stand 
and Judge Sabella said that if Summers did testify, he would be doing so from the witness stand in a narrative form. The judge then asked Summers where he had sufficient time to consider the decision. Summers said he did, and Summers said, I will not testify in this case. Later on in those proceedings, Summers tried and failed to make his case that he should be granted an acquittal at this stage by the court. In attempting to make his case, Summers made remarks about how sex doesn't mean that much to his ex-wife. The judge responded, I mean, that doesn't mean it's someone who is of that position can't be sexually battered just because sex doesn't mean that much to her. And so he was facing 11 counts. Count one, attempted murder in the first degree with weapon, attempted to suffocate with pillow. Count two, attempted murder in the first degree with weapon, attempted to strangle with rope. Count three, kidnapping, up to life he's facing. Count four, sexual battery. Count five, sexual battery. And four more counts of child neglect. And count 10, grand theft mo motor vehicle, uh, which is Alyssa's car. And count 11, violation of domestic violence injunction. And so Trevor Summers, facing 11 counts, accused of kidnapping and raping his ex-wife while holding her hostage for two days during a campaign of abuse, he was found guilty of all 11 charges that he was facing. You know, and poor Alyssa, she had to be on the court stand. She had to be on the witness stand being grilled by this guy who did this to her. She didn't face him. She actually faced away from him. Who would want to face such a creep after what he did to her? And it was almost like he fired his legal team so that he himself can cross-examine her. Well, there you have it, my friends. The case against Trevor Summers, who will not see the light of day again, except maybe through little bar windows if they have it in prison. But this guy did one of the most heinous acts a person can even know, experience. Like, I still don't understand how anyone can have this type of anger, but this is the world we live in. Why does he even think, why would he even think that he would get away with this? Well, he didn't. He actually planned on killing him and her in a murder-suicide, which is another tragic thing. Like, this guy didn't even care about his kids. Heck, he brought one of them into it. Obviously, she didn't know she was being brought into his, his ratchet scheme of things. My friends, I'm Manny Rodriguez. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to serving you again. Peace.